Remington Steve won't be seen tonight, so we can bring you a very special episode of The Gen X Files. Welcome to The Gen X Files. I'm Jim. I'm Adam. And today's show is all about Star Star Wars Wars, Episode episode 5, The The Empire Empire Strikes Strikes Back. Back. That was pretty good. Didn't that even, was pretty good. We didn't even practice that. No rehearsals. <laughs> Yay. Oh, man. Uh, this one this one for me is my personal favorite, but I think it's because I was born in 78, yeah. and it was the one that I watched the most. Like, I was about that age when it was like I understood what movies were. Did you see it in the theater? No. No. Did you I was, see any of them in the theater? So you, you no. Just... I didn't see – no, I didn't see – the first time I ever went to a movie theater was like 1986. You were old. Firewalker. That was the first movie I saw with my dad. I know. I was like, hey, we d- my parents didn't go to movies. Like, we didn't go to movies. We had uh, Cinemax at home and watched movies there. You well, know. sounds like child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> I'll mention it to my folks next Please time do. I talk to them. Please do. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, I, I've only seen a handful of movies. In the movie my, theater? In the movie theater with my dad. Mm. And I don't think I've seen any with my mother. My mom and I used to go. My mom... Took me to see Raiders of the Lost Ark. Nice. And uh, but it, it was always fun to go to the movies with my mom because she'd always get a hot dog. Oh yeah, she loved hot dogs. Movie theater hot dogs. So <laughs> I get it. There, it's just something special about it. My favorite. I, I I like going to the movies with my sister. We didn't go very often. Yeah. Um, my favorite was going with my mom, and then I think my second was probably my grandmother. Yeah. And way at the bottom of the list is the stepdad. <laughs> oh, baby. Either if he if it was just he and I, then he would totally embarrass me. Of I. course. E. Of the course. Jerk incident. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or he would just get up because uh, he couldn't stand sitting there not smoking. So yeah. he would like yeah. get up and go have like eight cigarettes. Which is probably a blessing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, go smoke more. Go outside. Well, go you'd outside. only do that if it was like all and very rarely did all of us go to the Right, so, right. But uh, yeah, my mom was always a blast to go to the movies with, and she she has great taste. In, nice, in films. nice. Yeah, I do. I, I I take it back. I do recall one movie that my mom definitely sat through with us. Uh, she took my best friend Damien and I to see Mortal Kombat when it came out. Oh, your poor mom! And she sat through it. <laughs> Mortal Kombat. Yeah. Oh, it was it was great. We were such nerds. I loved that soundtrack so much. Yeah, it was so bad. Orbital, orbital, man. They're the they were the future. It was it was it was great. Anyway, all right. Well, anyway, back to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, uh, I love this movie so much. Uh, it's a departure for George Lucas since he did not write or direct the movie. No, it was also I. It was torture, man. The three years oh, yeah. between those movies. I can't even imagine. It was torture. And then. And then even worse. Oh, my God. Well, we'll get to that uh, when, yeah. we, when we mm. get more into the movie. But, man. Yeah. It's, it was, <laughs> it's just funny how much people complain now about, like, Stranger Things hasn't been on in 11 months, in 12 months. It's like, yeah, you should have been there during Empire Strikes Back. Well, some of these shows do take years. Sure. You know? And that's. But ridiculous you have a million other things you can watch in the meantime. Right. In 1980, between 1977 and 1980, you were stuck. 
Oh, yeah, Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, <laughs> all the cheap <laughs> yeah, knockoffs. Buck Rogers. Yeah, twenty fifth century. Yeah, just check out our all our cheap knockoff Star Wars. Uh, yeah, may the first yeah, be the with farce, you, month. The first month. Yeah. Anyway, take yourself back to nineteen eighty, mm. January 9th in Saudi Arabia. Sixty three Islamist insurgents are beheaded for their part in the state the siege of the Great Mosque in Mecca in November nineteen seventy nine. Good lord. Yeah, there was some bad stuff happening in that time around that time. Do they use lightsabers? Um, yeah, yeah. That's why you have it. Yes. In there. Uh, no, it was insurgents. It's about the rebels. Ah, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I like the. I, I don't always. I don't always uh, correspond because sometimes it's really hard to find three facts that sure. have anything to do with the movie. Uh, February twenty second, the United States Olympic hockey team defeats the Soviet Union four to three in the semifinals of the nineteen eighty Winter Olympics in what is considered to be the greatest moment in sports history, which then became known as the Miracle on Ice. Miracle on Ice. They made movies about it. Miracle with uh, Kurt Russell. Yeah, he was coach. They shortened it from Mir- Miracles on Ice, Miracle on Ice, to Miracle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, well. May 18th, the 1980 eruption of Mount St. Helens Volcano in Washington State kills 57 and causes $3 billion in damage. Yeah, I remember when that happened. That was crazy. It is crazy times, yeah. And they made a couple of movies about it. (laughs) Volcano and... uh, Dante's Peak, Dante's Peak. I couldn't remember the other one. With Pierce Brosnan. Yeah. As a scientist. Although Volcano was set in L.A. Yeah. I don't remember Dante's Peak. Tommy Lee Jones, yeah, as a scientist, and that see, isn't Volcano the scene with the lady that goes through the the old lady that goes through the sulfur lake and just like pushes the boat and she slowly melts. Well, maybe, but <laughs> in Volcano, there's the scene where the guy like jumps off the train and walks through the lava and melts oh. as he walks. Then maybe it was Dante's Peak. I don't know. I get them confused. That was Volcano. No, no, no. I, the one I'm talking about, probably because uh, I think Dante's Peak had the. It had like a the the like weird acid rain. Well, yeah, but it also had the hot springs that got super super. Oh hot. yeah, person yeah. went in. I think they opened with a person going in the hot springs and getting boiled alive. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, yeah, volcano stuff, fun. Yeah. So <laughs> what? Uh, what was that one May, for? Made uh, well about disasters. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> Is it a homage to, 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 to Darth to... Vader's home planet of? Hot, yes. Hot sauce. Mustafa. Mustafa. Or, is it? No, no Mustafar. Mustafa. <laughs> Mustafa's from I, the Lion King. Yep, yep. I get those confused well, often. At least it's another Disney property. That is true. Uh, May 21st, The Empire Strikes Back receives a wide release, making lots and lots of money. Oh, yeah. I remember just being ants in my pants that day at school. That and Return of the Jedi, those were the two hardest school days ever. Because oh, knowing I was going to go. Yeah. I was just buzzing. And no idea what, well, well, Empire, I knew what to expect because I got the comic book before. Oh, yeah. It was spoiled. Kind of. Did you, so you knew about the twist? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That sucks. Why did that come out beforehand? That doesn't seem. It's just stupid because they didn't care. Yeah. Like, there was not, like, spoiler alerts back then. Right. You know? Right. I mean, there, people did a good job of not spoiling the, the well, twist or trying to, but it's like, yeah. why? You're exactly right. But I, they would they would yeah. release the book and the comic book before the movie for some reason. I guess to hype it up. I don't know. It just <laughs> seems stupid. Hit the, those readers. <laughs> they really want to come see they this movie. They got me because I read all the novelizations. It's, it's just ironic because the they went to so – Lucas specifically went to such great lengths to make sure that that one line was not known by anybody. I know. Well, that seems like great oversight yeah. on Lucas's part. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was dumb. Now I'm going to question him entirely. I yeah. well, it's let's question the uh, merchandising. It, it wasn't him. It uh, was CEO. Him. Yeah, R- Randall Pinks was his name. Yep, Randall. Pinks. Randall G. Pinks. <laughs> okay. Uh, so following the success of Star Wars, the sequel was swiftly put into development. Lucas had signed a deal dictating that Fox would distribute the film, but would have no creative input in exchange for 50% of the growth, growth profits on the first $20 million earned, with the percentage increasing to 77.5% in the producer's favor if it exceeded $100 million. Yeah, it's win-win for them. Yeah. They don't have to do a damn thing except for no. it's well, like just, the cost of the prints and stuff, but yeah, still. Provide us quality. And you're good. Yeah. You get 10 million bucks, guaranteed. Printing money. Yeah. 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 Uh, Lucas was not a fan of creating lore for the universe he created and wanted more to focus on growing ILM, Industrial Light Magic, and creating Skywalker Ranch in Marin, California. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's hilarious uh, that the thing that he created has the most lore of I know. just about anything except for maybe Lord of the Rings. <laughs> He's such a tech nerd, though. He was just like, no, I'm going to go play more with the computers. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> I- what do you mean? I don't know if a wampa's related to a Wookiee or whatever. Just, I need a steady cam. Just make it make sense. Just make it look good. Uh, so to write the next film, he hired Lee Brackett, known as the queen of the space opera, to write the sequel. Nice. Uh, yeah. Again, also, uh, going back to George Lucas and how he is kind of a understated feminist that he was very much about hiring women and having yeah. women work for him. Well, and... his wife, Marcia Lucas, is one of the greatest editors ever. She yeah. is the unsung hero of Jaws. If it wasn't for right. her, Jaws would right. have been a bomb that nobody heard about. Right. Uh, he paid her $50,000, uh, Lee Brackett, despite knowing she was suffering from cancer. In 1956, her book The Long Tomorrow made her the first woman ever shortlisted for the Hugo Award for Best Novel, and along with C.L. Moore, one of the first two women ever nominated for a Hugo Award. Okay. She's got the cred. She was also a screenwriter known for The Big Sleep in 1946, Rio Bravo in 1959, and The Long Goodbye in 1973. Old school Hollywood. Yeah. I had no idea, A, that a woman wrote The Big Sleep, and B, that it was Lee Brackett. Yeah. And awesome for her for getting screenwriting work in the 40s. Yeah. So they worked together on a general outline, and she set to writing. Uh, Lucas avoided calling it Star Wars 2 because he felt that sequels with numerals in their names made them seem inferior to the original product. Yeah, okay. It makes sense. Around this time, Gary Kurtz, producer, came up with the name The Empire Strikes Back. Good one. Yeah, he did a good job. Because it did. It did, it it did stro- strike it back. Stri- it, it, did struck. A, it struck back. It did. At, in Hoth. <laughs> it did. Hard. Uh, Brackett completed her first draft in February 1978, titled Star Wars Sequel from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker. Star Wars Sequel from the Adventures of Luke Skywalker, coming to a theater near you. It's very serial. I like it. I I think it's fun. It's old school, just like her. Yeah. The draft contained a city in the clouds, a chase through an asteroid belt, a greater focus on the love triangle between Luke, Han, and Leia, who is portrayed as a damsel in distress, the Battle of Hoth, and a climactic battle between Luke and Darth Vader. All very old school classic Hollywood tropes. And of course she was going to make the damsel in distress distress because that's just kind of how it was back then. Yeah, yeah. In her day, in her day. Not in the 70s. No, 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 no. The ghosts of his father and Obi-Wan visit Luke, leaving Vader a separate character. Uh, Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about this twist a lot, so if you haven't seen the movie, go watch it right now and then come back. And if you haven't seen the movie, what... 
where have you been and what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's a couple of people I know that has haven't seen sure. any of the Star Wars movies. But at this point it's now just kind of a badge of honor, you know, it's just some like BS yeah. kind of like I've never seen it. Well, there's there's definitely people that are not fans of sci fi and, and I get it. So I, I I think at the end of the day, the twist is something that people know whether or not they've seen the movie. Sure. I mean it's one of the most quoted things ever. Right. Misquoted. Misquoted things. things. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's not Luke. I am your father. It's no. I am your father. No. no, I am your father. No? Yeah. No! I am your father. Yeah, that's the full line. Because he's actually responding back to him. No. He's like, you killed my father! And he goes, no, no I, I am, am your, your father. Yeah. Yeah. Search your heart, you know it to be true. Yeah. No! It's just no. easier to misquote it as, Luke, I am your father, because otherwise, no, I am your father makes no sense when you're just shouting sure. at someone. Yes. <laughs> Then it just sounds like you're crazy. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So the draft reveals Luke has a sister, not Leia, and Han goes on a mission to recruit his powerful stepfather, and Lando is a clone from the Clone Wars. That's kind of cool. Yeah. like, I don't know, the other sister thing seems a little convoluted. It seems like adding in a lot. Definitely cutting it down and making it more streamlined. Yeah, sure. Much better, you know. Uh, Lucas made detailed notes and attempted to contact Brackett, but she had been hospitalized and unfortunately died of cancer a few weeks later on March 18th. Oh no, right before my birthday. Yeah. This meant that due to the strict deadlines, Lucas was going to have to rewrite the entire script himself. He was trying to avoid this. He was. Uh, He found the process more enjoyable than on Star Wars because he was familiar with the universe, but struggled to write a satisfying conclusion, leaving it open for a third film. This is a lot more fun than I thought it would be. (laughs) I just don't know how to end it. Well, yeah. You won't. That's what I'll do. I'll not end it. <laughs> I'll just make it a middle. There you go. To avoid the physical stress that Lucas endured during the shoot for A New Hope, he opted to hire outside talent to direct the sequel. I don't want to do it. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't blame him. Uh, he he almost died during that first production. They all almost. All these weirdo directors almost die. Yeah. I, he, they get they stress themselves out so much, and I get it. I mean, you're trying to make something to set your career in motion. Yeah, or so much pressure. If you're Martin Scorsese, you coke yourself out to oh, dangerous levels. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see a great representation of Martin Scorsese on cocaine, yeah, watch his performance in Taxi Driver when oh. he's the, in the back seat. God, I don't even remember him in that at all. He's really good, but it's <laughs> He's so hyped up. Noticeably. Very <laughs> awesome. I'm not 100% sure about that, but I'm almost 100% sure about that. It seems likely. Uh, watch it again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to look at my. Yeah, that's my girlfriend up there in the window. Maybe he was just acting. Acting coked up? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Maybe he's just that good of an actor. He's not. <laughs> Great director. So Lucas wanted to focus on growing industrial light and magic and the development of a new movie, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. He wanted to create a new franchise because he could because he's George Lucas. Lucas wanted a director who would support the material and accept that he was ultimately in charge. Uh, he just wanted to be able to say yes or no to things. Well, yeah. I mean, he wanted... It's his universe. He yeah. wanted somebody who can play within that universe and ultimately... I mean, he, basically, he's playing studio head. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's not, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's his vision and, like, he, you know, yeah. he wants to make sure it's a good movie. Yes. He obviously makes good movies. He made it with Star Wars, A New Hope. And, uh... And THX 1138. Yes. And American Graffiti. And American Graffiti. So he had a good track record. Three for three. 
Three, four, three. He considered around 100 directors, including Alan Parker and John Badham, before hiring his old acquaintance Irvin Kirshner in February 1978. Interesting. Uh, Alan Parker would have been good. Eh, yes, but I think he needed to find somebody that didn't have... Uh, Alan Parker has a very specific vision and way of doing yes, things. And I yes, yes. They would have clashed. I yeah. think so. I think strong auteurs, it's going to be hard for somebody to... Yeah. Basically make somebody's movie. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the problem that Marvel's having right now. They're they're hiring these people that are <laughs> directing and writing movies that aren't quite as good. They kind of falter. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like, you know, certain people, I guess, need guidance. I don't know. I mean. Everybody should have at least somebody to go, oh, man. Are you really are you sure? <laughs> you really want to have giant screaming goats in your movie? <laughs> are you positive, Taika? Yeah, yeah. The mythological. Nice. Thanks. Is he Irish? <laughs> yeah, he was. He is. <laughs> I don't do accents. All right. Uh, Kirshner was reluctant to direct the sequel to a film as successful as Star Wars, and his friends warned him against taking the job, believing he would be blamed if it failed. They're not wrong. I mean, yeah. That's also a good thing on Lucas. He could be like, well, wouldn't me. Yeah. Kirshner did stink all over it. Damn you, Kirshner! Well, uh, fortunately, it wasn't a problem. Uh, Lucas convinced Kirshner it was not so much a sequel as a chapter in a larger story. He also promised him he could make the film his own way. Hmm. Despite him obviously being ultimately in charge. Right. <laughs> but no, I mean, he did give him freedom to... He did. There's certain parameters you have to follow. You have to have the wipes. You have to f- f- fit yeah. within the style of the, right. the films. And the films are very... Saturday morning cereal with the the wipes yeah. and the whoop, oh yeah 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 know. for sure and it's it's very similar to how TV shows are done now or have been done for a while that they whoever creates the first episode the pilot they call it it, it kind of creates that bible and then you follow that you know right. you still have your own you can do your own thing but you still have to follow those parameters well, sure every like. TV show has a show bible which yeah. is all the do's and the do nots right right exactly. Uh, in June 1978, impressed with his work on Raiders of the Lost Ark, Lucas hired Lawrence Kasdan to refine the draft. Uh, Lawrence Kasdan has even a more uh, I, difficult voice. I don't think I've ever actually heard his yeah, voice. He sounds exactly like this. Like everything he's saying is just a chore. Just a chore <laughs> to get out. This is why he's a writer. <laughs> <laughs> so he was paid $60,000. In early July, Kasdan, Kirshner, and Lucas held a story conference to discuss Lucas's draft. The group collaborated on ideas, challenging Lucas with his ideas when his ideas made no sense. Uh, and Lucas embraced their ideas. He was very open. I like your ideas. Uh, thank you for liking my... It must have been so hard to be in that room. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about the Wampa. Well, you know, I like the Wampa. I just, uh, oh my God, will you guys just speak up? <laughs> Irvin Kirshner's just pounding his <laughs> yes. face. What are you guys doing? Oh, God. Uh, although some of Brackett's ideas remained, such as Luke's Dagobah training, her dialogue and characterization were removed. Uh, well, probably because it was a little dated. I'm sure it was. Kasdan described her take as from a different era, mm. uh, lacking the necessary tone. Yes. Look. Luke Skywalker, you have to come save me. You have to come save me from these dastardly dudes. It's amazing how everyone has a mid-Atlantic accent yes. all of a sudden. Listen, you, listen to me, Princess Leia. Listen here, see? I'm going to get you out of this hot hat, you see? I'm going to get you out of this ice plant, see? I'm going to get into the asteroid belt. Yeah, see? And then I'm going to get away from those guys. Meh. The henchmen. Meh. Han, I love you. Meh. I know, see? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> became a gangster. That's great. <laughs> 
Lucas fought to give Brackett her credit as co-writer, despite doubts that the DWJ would give her credit. He also provided her for her family beyond her contracted pay. Nice. Now, he was he really appreciated what she did and was a huge fan of hers. So he well, he can also sure. afford it. That is also true. You know, at this point, he had a lot of money. Yeah, it's just the decent thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Mark Hamill and Carrie Fitcher. Fitcher? Fitcher, yep. Nice. Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher were contracted for a second, third, and fourth film, but Ford had declined similar terms because of earlier bad experiences. That's bad experiences. Ford agreed to return because he wanted to improve on his Star Wars performance. I think I can do better this time. Yeah, well, he, he, he grows. As he an did actor. do better this time. He did too. do better. He was great. Hamill spent four months bodybuilding and learning karate, fencing, and kendo to prepare for his stunts. Nice. Uh, David Prowse hesitated to return as Darth Vader because he believed the role offered little job security. Okay. <laughs> There's going to be more movies. I mean, it's going to happen. Well, at least you have job security on this one. You're going to get paid for You're it. You're going to get like four months worth of work. What else I mean, are you going to do, David? Nobody's knocking down your door. He's going to go back to his farm and hang out. All right. uh, he returned after being told further delays would lead to his being replaced. No, I'll be back then. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah, I was just yeah. joking. Uh, James Earl Jones returned to voice Vader, but as with Star Wars, declined to credit because he considered himself, quote-unquote, special effects. I am special effects. To Prowse's physical performance. Yeah, little-known fact, James Earl Jones actually did all of the breathing noises himself. He did. <laughs> <laughs> and he made his voice sound like it was in a helmet when it wasn't. It's crazy. He's so good. He's so good. I am the king of echoes. So James Earl Jones received $15,000 for half a day's work, plus a small percentage of the profits. Yeah, well, that small percentage of the profits put all of his children through college and bought him like six houses. Yeah, yeah. Anthony Daniels returned for, quote-unquote, reasonable pay. Uh, he was reluctant because he had received little public acknowledgement for his previous performance as C-3PO because the filmmakers portrayed the droid as a real being. Yes, from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that. That is so. It's like okay, again, you know, I don't understand. It's you're, they're offering you work. Well, still, look, as a little kid, I thought R two D two was real. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At least in the first one. I remember the first time I saw a making of, and, like, a little dude popped out, and I was like, what? R2-D2's eating a little man. (laughs) Why is he eating that man? He's got a little man living inside him. That's weird. Yeah. (laughs) He does. (laughs) Alec Guinness could not return as Obi-Wan because his failing eyesight required him to avoid bright lights. I'm like a monk, I know. Uh, Bright lights, bright lights, bright lights. So he was technically dead? (laughs) I I was struck down by Vader, but it made me more powerful than ever. Except for his eyes. (laughs) Except for my eyesight. Uh, Recasting him was considered, but determined to recruit him, Lucas agreed to a deal in late August 1979, just before filming finished. We'll turn the lights down a little bit. I mean, he was great. Uh, he was paid one quarter percent of Empire's box office gross for his few hours of work. Oh, God, so he probably good. made like twelve million dollars off of that. Yeah, for going, uh, Luke, Luke, <laughs> you have to finish your training, Luke. <laughs> you will go to Dagobah. Yeah, he's our last hope. Mm, another there is. <laughs> Billy D. Williams was cast as Lando Calrissian, the first African American to portray a main role in the series. Yeah, baby, oh, Code Forty Five, Moldmaker. His first, his first appearance in the movie. He just seethes that like slick. Hey like, there, Chewbacca. Hey, Chewbacca. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I love the way he says Chewbacca. 
Hey, Jew bugger. Jew bugger. What's up, Jew bugger? Uh, he found the character interesting because of his cape and Armenian surname. I like his cape. <laughs> I mean, I, hey, whatever, man, whatever reason you want to have to be in a movie. He was slick as he oil, was baby. Great. He, he was, was so great. good. Uh, Williams believed this gave him room to v- develop the character. What did? The cape? The cape and the Armenian surname. Nice. Yeah. You know. Lando. Yeah. Calrissian. Yeah. Yeah. Williams said Lando was much like himself, a... Pretty cool guy. He believed it was a token role, but was assured it was not specifically written for a black actor. It didn't seem like it. No, no. Kirshner said Williams had the fantastic charm of a... Mississippi Riverboat Gambler. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Howard Rollins, Terry Alexander, Robert Christian, Thurman Scott, and Yafit Kato were also considered for the part. All great actors. Uh, none of them would have been as good. No, 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 no. Uh, Yoda was voiced and puppeteered by Frank Oz. Mm. Lucas intended to dub Oz's Yoda voice, but decided it would be difficult to cast someone who would who could match their voice to Oz's physical puppeteering performance. Yeah, he really he originally wanted Yoda to be like, "Hey, Luca, <laughs> you gotta go in. Don't take your weapons into that cave. You don't need them. You're not gonna need them. Anyway, let me get on your back. We'll do some training." Carry me around in knapsack. Yep, yep, yep. That was his uh, catchphrase. Yep, yep, yep. Come on. Get going. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, You know, it occurs to me that we've only seen three of the Yoda-type beings. Uh, I I don't think they actually have an official name. Well, there's Yoda. There's Yaddle. Right. And then Grogu. Grogu. So in the entire universe, it occurs to me that we've only seen them when they're really young and then when they're really old. We don't know how old Yaddle was. Well, I'm going to assume she was Yoda's age. I mean, it makes sense. But my thought, and, and I'm going to put this, put this out there as a fan theory, that they're, they actually grow really tall when they get to a certain age, but then they slowly get small again as they get older. Like, uh, like old people? Yes, like old people, but exaggerated. Like, 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 how like I'm they gonna... get up to be like six feet tall, but sure. then they eventually get back down right. to the like, one foot. Like how I'll shrink as I get older. Yes, you will eventually six... become Yoda when yeah. you become 857 years yeah. old. Oh, good God. It's torture. <laughs> that would be awful. Mm, horrible, that would be. I just, it's just, this, it's evidence of the fact that they created such an amazing universe that that could happen. Sure. And, and you know, I mean, and I, I don't know about the books and, and the mo- and the comic books and stuff, if they've covered any of that stuff, uh, which most of it now doesn't matter because yeah. it's not canon anymore. But, I don't know. But anyway, I just it was just one of those, like, we don't know. I mean... I'd like to see the planet of the Yoda people. Yeah. It, it always just makes me think. For some reason, Dagobah always makes me think of the E.T. ride at Universal. And how you go through like the forests and stuff. Yeah. So I'm always thinking about Yoda as being an ET. Goodbye. <laughs> it's just not. It's just for some reason that always comes up my head when I'm watching Empire. Don't they say your name at the end of that? Right. Yes, Goodbye, they do. Yeah. 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 It, it, not all. Not everybody. But Goodbye, I just. I literally just went on a few months ago, and and I was waiting because you get the card and they put your name in and sure. stuff. But it don't. They only said like four people's names. Yeah. You cried because you didn't get your name. I was called. sad. So sad. Although it was a great ride. I don't remember ever going on it. I think I went on it when it was here in L.A. Yeah. Many years ago. I went on it, yeah. I didn't remember the, like, jumping and then flying over the city. It was done really well. Sure. It was super awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah, anyway, that's E.T. But I, it, for some reason, Dagobah always makes me think of that. But Dagobah is not, like, their real home planet. 
No, no, no. Uh, yes. I don't know what their real home planet is. But I think it's a Force-sensitive planet. That's why he's on it. Because it has that cave, and I think that cave oh, is, yeah. uh, is some sort of Force-sensitive force thing. area. So, But Yoda was ha- hiding there because of Order 66. Right. Right? Like he was trying to not be murdered because he was a Jedi and they were being killed. But he was also planning on, you know, helping Luke Skywalker and... Princess Leia, you know. Right, he knew that eventually they would show up and then... Yeah, some sort of crap would happen. They'd bring him back in. Something would happen. Mm. Yeah. All right. Anyway, I just... uh, Yeah. It It must have been lonely, though. I I imagine. Sitting there with snakes and stuff. Well, little did you know that during Empire, Yaddle, Yaddle, whatever her name is, was just kind of off the screen. They just never showed her. Hmm. Hey, yeah, I, don't. <laughs> I don't speak weird. I just speak like this. <laughs> yeah, she's the one that's actually like, hello, my name is Yaddle. Hello, I'm Yaddle. <laughs> uh, Jeremy Bullock did not audition for Boba Fett. He was hired because the costume fit him. Yeah, I think they redubbed his voice. They did. Uh, it was uncomfortable and top-heavy, making it difficult to maintain his balance, But the, and the mask often steamed up. Uh, Bullock assumed his lines would be dubbed over as he had very little dialogue. Fett's voice actor, Jason Wingreen, remained uncredited until the year 2000. And then he was replaced for the <laughs> special edition, <laughs> I think. He's, yeah, because I think they end up putting in... Tamora Morrison, I think, did the... Tamora Morrison. Yeah, he did... I think he, they redubbed I think his they voice. did, yeah, when they were doing the... Because uh, they knew, yeah, yeah. He's no good to me, dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so unfortunately for Jason Wingreen. Uh, Bullock also appears as an Imperial officer who restrains Leia on Bespin. Ooh. No other cast member was available for the role, so Kurtz had him quickly change out of the Fett costume to stand in. And then they had John Morton portray Fett in the same scene. Why they couldn't have John Morton just play the <laughs> Stormtrooper? It was probably late in the I can day. just imagine Gary Kurtz just like, Oh my God, we need a Stormtrooper! We need a st- Get over there! Get over there! <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah. Uh, there was no extensive casting for the Emperor. Lucas chose Clive Revel to provide the character's voice, preferring it from the options given to him, while an older actress, Marjorie Eaton, physically portrayed the Emperor in test footage. Yeah, it looks so weird. Yeah, the, the original, uh, I did. I watched a video where they compared the original, and then the special editions they put in uh, Palpatine, who, I, yeah. who was in the third movie and then the prequels D, and stuff. What's his name? Durr. Durr? <laughs> Durr? D. Durr? Dear Diamond or... Ian McDiarmid. Yes. Yeah. Ian McDiarmid. Yeah. Uh, they had Ian McDiarmid play him in the, the, in the third movie, in Jedi, and then, and then in the prequels. And so, of course, the special editions, they put him in. Yeah. And, and it actually makes more sense because sure. the original looks super weird. Yeah, because they had, like, like some animal's some weird, eyes, owl's big, eyes Big, weird, buggy eye yeah. things that, like, protruded out from his face. It was super weird. The footage proved unsatisfactory, and special effects artist Rick Baker created a full mask that his wife Elaine wore. Chimpanzee's eyes were superimposed Yes, over that's her face. what it was. Cat eyes and assistant accountant Laura Crockett's eyes were also considered. Seth MacFarlane's also played the Emperor in Robot Chicken. Wow. And okay. Sam Witwer in Star Wars Rebels. Wow. All right. So there's been a lot of people. So the movie was filmed from March to September 1979 in Fins, Norway, for the Ice Planet Hoth, and at Elstree Studios in England. The Empire Strikes Back faced production difficulties, including actor injuries, illnesses, fires, and problems, securing additional financing as cost skyrocketed. Well, yes. I mean, they did it on a desert planet for Star Wars and didn't learn their yeah. lesson. It's when you do an ice shoot, you're gonna, your cameras are going to oh, freeze up. Bad, yeah. People are going to get frostbite. 
Uh, initially budgeted eight million dollars, costs had risen to thirty and a half million dollars by the project's conclusion. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Star Wars was nine million, right? When they all said and done, pretty much. Yeah, it started. The original budget was right. like four and a half, yeah. and then it went to like and nine. it ballooned up to nine and made a billion dollars. But you know, you're going in on a sequel that's, for all intents and purposes, bigger and yeah. bolder and brasher, yeah. and you're going a million less than your Star Wars budget. Well, yeah, some wishful maybe thinking. Maybe they thought they could do it. I know, I know. Well, they thought a third of the budget. <laughs> well, they were making million. a third of the movie. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, I guess I guess we're going to have to spend $30 million <laughs> instead of eight. Well, it certainly paid off. The movie made plenty of money. Did it? I, no. It just disappeared. It did went away, and we never heard from it. It ruined the franchise. Yeah. Ruined everything. And George Lucas's career. Yeah. Yeah. George who? George Hukas. For the bog planet Dagobah, uh, scouts looked at Central Africa, Kenya, and Scandinavia. To avoid shooting on location, Lucas funded the construction of a 1.25 million cubic feet Star Wars stage at Elstree Studios London to create the Dagobah and Rebel base sets. It's smart, but... Wow. I, I mean, that's, that is the kind of clout that he had. He but was the like, truth right, is, we're doing it. It's probably, in the long run, going to save you money. Because shooting in the jungle is oh, just yeah. as, you know, difficult it's, as shooting in the desert and shooting, shooting in, in, in ice snow. and snow. Yeah, because you got humidity, you got bugs, oh, you know, awful. and in certain places, you know, there was a lot of civil unrest. As we learned from the first episode, he absolutely did not want to shoot in muggy, mosquito-ridden conditions. No, he no. so he not. built it. He did. Construction began at the end of August, costing $2 million. It ended up costing around 3 and a half total, and the sets, uh, all the sets cost about 3 and a half, and they were the single biz- biggest expense for the film. Well, of course. Uh, I mean, this stuff was all practical back then. They yeah. didn't have, you know, there was blue screen. It was kind of the beginning of yeah, blue screen. Yeah, But it was still mostly just for matte paintings. There wasn't right. any digital. The special effects, yeah. the speeders flying through this, this space and stuff like that. Uh, so a fire on Elstree's Stage 3, where The Shining was being filmed, destroyed the space planned for Empire sets. Yeah. Kubrick. Yeah. Old saboteur. He's yeah. like, I don't want Star Wars making more than The Shining. Uh, the impact was significant, costing essential space. The production was forced to give up two stages so The Shining could continue filming. 64 sets had to be moved through nine stages, and the timeline had to be rescheduled. Uh, poor weather delayed construction of the Star Wars stage sets and necessary props. Yeah, and this is all because of The Shining. It has nothing to do with the Star Wars people. Stanley Kubrick. I mean, yeah, it was unfortunate. <laughs> Stanley uh, Kubrick is such a pain-in-the-ass filmmaker that not only does he, <laughs> does he <laughs> cause problems on his own movies, he causes problems on other people's movies, too. He does. He does. Uh, look, he's a genius. <laughs> The location filming in Fins, Norway, coincided with the area's worst snowstorm in half a century, impeding the production with blizzards, 40-mile-per-hour winds, and temperatures around negative 26 to negative 38 degrees Fahrenheit. It's pretty cold. That's super cold. The weather cleared only twice during their entire shoot. Some days filming could not take place. The frigid conditions made the acetate film brittle. Camera lenses iced over, snow seeped into equipment, and effects paint froze in their tins. Yeah, and plus you're going to get your lenses all fogged up. It's yeah. just going to be a nightmare. 
Yeah. Shooting did not get easier while at Elstree Studios. Kirshner wanted each character to make a unique entrance in the film. While filming Vader's entrance, the snowtroopers preceding prowse tripped over the polystyrene ice, and the stuntman behind him stood on his cape, breaking it off, causing prowse to fall on the snowtroopers. No! (laughs) (laughs) Just picture that happening. Uh, This is so embarrassing. Carrie Fisher suffered from influenza and bronchitis while on set. Her weight dropped to 85 pounds working 12-hour days, and she collapsed on set from allergic reaction to steam or spray paint. Good Lord. She's also allergic to most of the makeup they used. Wow. You can see it. She's super skinny during Empire. Man, super skinny. It it works in context of the movie because they're obviously the rebels are on the run. But, man, it's, yeah. Her overuse of hallucinogens and painkillers and anxiety while performing her speech to the rebels worsened her situation. Yeah. Well, also, that's, you know, all the illnesses and stuff are exacerbated by painkillers. Yeah. Yeah. She, She was turning to pills for for relief and and it was unfortunate uh stress and personal traumas led to frequent arguments among hamill fisher and ford ford and hamill fell ill or were injured at different times yikes uh hamill was depressed by his isolation from human cast members acting mostly against puppets robots and actors whose voices would be dubbed over or added to his scenes later i'm so lonely i feel sad for him i mean it makes sense it's like you know it's it's hard Uh, yeah i guess i mean I'd rather be in the cushy sets. Yeah, rather we, than I mean, we can. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's just that I can imagine on like day seventeen, where you're like tw- ten hours into a fourteen-hour day, and you're just like, Jesus, this is never ending. Like, this is it. This is my life now. Beep, boop, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah. oh, he probably started really understanding. What? <laughs> he probably did. He probably did. Hamill would use an earpiece to hear Oz's dialogue, but for various reasons, this did not work, and he struggled to form a relationship with the character. Hmm. Yeah, chilly you are. <laughs> I, I like that his annoyance with Yoda at the beginning was genuine. Yes. <laughs> not, not, not acting. Mm. Yeah. The Dagobah set was liberally sprayed, sprayed with mineral oil, which caused him physical discomfort for long periods. Hamill called it a... Physical ordeal the whole time, but I don't really mind all that. At one point, Oz cheered Hamill up with Miss Piggy routine. <laughs> I, I just imagine Yoda being Miss Piggy. It'd be great. Are you feeling okay? I don't know. I'm pretty sad. Would you feel better if Miss Piggy came to say hello? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Hamill recalled Ford giving him a kiss instead of reading his lines, entertaining the crew. They were all, they were, despite the fact that there was some infighting, they were all very supportive of each other. Of course. I mean, they they understood. They all got it. Uh, Mayhew fell ill while filming Han's torture room scene because the set used bursts of steam, raising the ambient temperature to 90 degrees Fahrenheit while he was wearing a wool suit. (laughs) Yeah, they almost killed him. Achoo! Achoo! <laughs> the hangar scene involved 77 rebel extras, costing 2,000 pounds per day. Uh, around 50 short tons of dendritic salt mixed with magnesium sulfate for a sparkle effect were used for the snowy sets. That sounds healthy. Uh, the combination gave the cast and crew headaches. Oh, not healthy. Uh, magnesium sulfate is actually just um, uh, Epsom salt. Mm. Uh, but still, you don't want to be breathing that stuff in. Okay. Yeah. Uh, second unit director John Barry died suddenly in early June. Harley Cokeless 
replaced him a week later. The typical purpose of a second unit was to film time-consuming tasks for special effects, but they were involved in filming main scenes, including Luke's ice cave imprisonment, because the schedule had overrun by around 26 days. Do we know how he died? No. I, I don't have that information. Mm, it's mysterious. Yeah. Hamill was unavailable for several days after injuring his hand during a stunt jump from a speeder bike. Having been called in for the stunt the same day his son was born, exhausted and aggravated by the salt-laden setting, Hamill angrily rebuffed Kurtz for not using a double for the scene. Just a lot of, of anger. A lot of tempers flaring and stuff. Well, sure. It's a mean, tough shoot. It, it's, yes. You're filming in very difficult yeah. places to film physically because of, yeah. you know, either snow or dust or whatever and then you're under a huge you're under all of this pressure because star wars right right yeah and you got a guy who's like not george lucas who's directing it who's got he's got star wars his own thing to prove yeah Yeah, exactly it must have been just for everybody that wasn't the stars it must have been a completely nerve-wracking experience yeah yeah the confession of love between Leia and Han was scripted with both of them admitting their feelings for the other. Kirshner felt this was too sappy. I love you too, princess. <laughs> he had Ford improvise lines repeatedly until Ford said he would do only one more take. I'll do one more take. One he res- more. He responded to Leia's confession of love saying, I know. Lucas was unimpressed by the scene, believing it was not how Han would act. I'm not very impressed. I don't think that's how Han would act. What Han would do, he would shoot first. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I, well, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I th- to me, that's totally Han. I don't yes, understand. Yes, of course I, it is. I think it's 100% Han. I don't know if George Lucas actually understood the character of Han Solo. I don't think changing, he did. You know, because I, I think we understood Han more than he did. Yeah. And he was a scoundrel. He shot first. And he, of course he did. He, of course she knew I mean, that he loved her. Greedo was going to murder him. Yes. He had to. Yes. And it was the one change in the special editions that I did not agree with. Well, it also looked stupid. It, yeah, it did. With the little it just didn't thing work. going. Yeah. It didn't work. Prowse was given the line. Obi-Wan Kenobi is your father. <sighs> To read because he was known for repeatedly leaking information. Hey, guys. <laughs> Hello. Hey. Hello. Yeah, hey. David Prowse hey. here. You're not going to believe this. What? Obi-Wan Kenobi is Luke Skywalker's father. No. Yeah. What? I said it on the... I said it. Yeah. Come on, eh? Come on, eh? Yeah. Did you make him Australian? Cockney. <laughs> is that Cockney? Yeah. Okay. Yes, it's a perfect Cockney okay. accent. Sure. Spent a lot of time in, in Cockney. Only Kirshner, the producers, and Hamill knew the actual line. Hamill was positioned on a platform suspended 35 feet above a pile of mattresses. Nice. That's safe. <laughs> Just throw some more mattresses on there. Hey, yeah. Can you can, can you add a few more mattresses, maybe? They actually cut his hand off. Look, we'll be able to stitch it back on. Promise you, we'll be able to stitch it right back on. <laughs> uh, the film footage, unfortunately, was damaged, and the scene had to be entirely reshot. No! Yeah. No! <laughs> That's why he got so into it at the end, because he was That's just so angry true. with the long shoot. Yeah. That's not true! Yes, Mark, it's true. We have to shoot. <laughs> we have to reshoot the whole scene. No! The schedule overrun resulted in filming and post-production taking place simultaneously. Film footage was shipped immediately to ILM to begin effects work. 
After watching a rough cut of the film, Lucas provided 31 pages of notes about changes he wanted, mainly alterations in dialogue and scene lengths. Jeeps. Yeah. He continued tweaking elements to improve the special effects, but even with ILM staff working up to 24 hours a day, six days a week, there was not enough time to do everything they wanted. No, it was... There's so many effect shots in this movie. So Probably many. at this point, more than any other movie... Yeah, I would... Yeah. Ever I made. That's a safe bet. Yeah. You know? Uh, a Dagobah pickup scene in which R2-D2 is spat out by a monster was filmed in Lucas's swimming pool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did that a lot. They did. They used his pool a couple times. They also, like, uh, in Lethal Weapon. In Lethal Weapon. Oh, yeah, with they, uh, uh, Richard Dunner. Yeah. They used his pool for yeah. when they. Uh, and not? his house when his they house. did that whole bit <laughs> with the guy in the pool. Um, yeah. You know, it's just, it's crazy. It's like a $30 million independent film almost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, really. Because it's outside of the studio's purview. And it's just these guys trying to make something that's never been made before. I mean, yeah. that's the thing, is you are groundbreaking yeah. in this yeah. film. The effects, everything is... A, it's unlike anything anybody had ever seen. Star Wars was unlike anything that yeah. ever, anybody had ever seen, and you have to top that yeah. for yeah. the sequel. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> that's a way too much pressure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Fox was confident in the film and spent little money on advertising, taking out small advertisements in newspapers instead of full-page spreads. We all knew it was coming. Yeah. No, Everybody knew it was coming. No reason to waste money in advertising. Oh, no. no. Uh, Lucasfilm set up a telephone number allowing callers to hear a message from cast members. Hello. <laughs> this is your friend. Oh, this is your big daddy, Darth Vader. <laughs> oh. Just wanted to say, keep on trucking. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Yes, hello. That's good. It's good to talk to you. I'm C-3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. Anyway, drink Pepsi. <laughs> Fox demanded a minimum twenty-eight week appearance in theaters, where twelve weeks was the norm for major films at the time. Yeah, nobody's arguing. No, no. none of the theater well, owners a, are. Yeah, the theaters are like, yes, please. Yeah. How about uh, forty-eight weeks? Yeah. What do you say? Let's double it. Well, just just call me back next year. Just call <laughs> me back next year. It's fine. Estimates suggested Empire needed to earn $57.2 million to be profitable after marketing, distribution, and loan interest costs. So it was released on May 21st, 1980. The highly anticipated sequel became the highest grossing film that year, earning approximately $401.5 million worldwide. So it did okay. I think it made its money back. It did. Oh, just barely. Did. Oh, just barely. I'm sure on the books it didn't. <laughs> but just barely. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. <laughs> Still not Seem, profitable. Seems like we broke even. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. The number of theaters was deliberately limited to 126 theaters to make it difficult to get a ticket, thus generating more appeal, a strategy used with films expected to receive positive word of mouth. Yeah, which is kind of dumb, because I get it. You want the... It, they it, wanted the, the, the visuals of people lined up around yeah. the block, like the first Star Wars that's movie. A, that's going to be a story. Truth is, you put it 3,000 theaters, there's still going to be people lined know, up around the I block. Know. And that's a better story. I, uh, well, I know. I know. But it also then would provide longevity, more longevity, because, yeah. you know, it's, it is going to do that 24, at least the 28 weeks. Unlike its predecessor, Empire met with mixed reviews from critics, and fans were conflicted about its darker and more mature themes than those of the lighthearted adventure Star Wars. Uh, I guess. You know, it just was the thing that bothered us kids are, is the ending, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. we'll get into that, but it's yeah. like, I loved it, man. I loved uh, the Wampas. I loved the everything about it. It's, again, this movie 
it starts and it goes. Yeah. And it yeah. doesn't take a breath. That was that we were when we were watching it, I was like, it's literally been like two days yeah. <laughs> and all this stuff yeah. happens. Yeah. Yeah, so much. I, I just love the fact that <laughs> you didn't finish your training with Obi Wan. Yeah, I knew him for like fourteen hours, yeah. man. <laughs> Did we even train? Yeah, like was that? It? I was on a. I had a helmet for a while. Was that the training? That's good enough, Luke. Yeah. Well, now you're a Jedi. <laughs> it's like, you can what do it is... with your eyes closed. No wonder why Order sixty six killed all the Jedi's. None of them really knew what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Well, you've you've had eighteen hours of training. You're good to go. Have fun. Yes. Here's your card. You get a discount. <laughs> At Dave and Buster's. Here's your giant laser sword. <laughs> Try not to kill anybody. <laughs> yeah, I did. Because the same thing with uh, Yoda. I mean, he was with. He had to have been there for like two days. I mean, maybe I don't know. It, and it, the and whole certain, timeline of that. At certain point, weird. Yoda is like, "Well, I've had enough today. I've had enough. We're done." <laughs> it's like I what? mean, they train for a long time. He gets know, tired I mean, sitting on somebody's back. But screaming he, in he also air. progresses very quickly because he goes from barely being able to do the handstand to like a day later being able to do it on one hand and lift all these things. But and we also don't really know, you know, because it could have been more than a couple of days. They could have been in the asteroid thing for a few days. You know, it's it like it could have been like a week. But I mean, they weren't inside that giant worm for longer than a week. Well, maybe. I mean, I mean, I don't know. Maybe they were. I don't. It just seems odd. It's always best to not ask too many questions. No, agreed. At the end of the day, it's a movie, (laughs) and it doesn't really matter. But I just find it interesting because to me, it's like, well, hey, if that's really the training, and and, and especially with somebody, to me, it proves the fact that Luke was super sensitive to the force and that he could be trained in a short amount of time. Sure. You know, I'm more of the of the ilk that wants to justify things around the story in the story rather than being like, well, that's dumb. Yeah. It's like, no, you can come up with an idea. Sure. Chances are it's probably true. That's what the Clone Wars cartoon was all about. Exactly. Filling in the gaps. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So critics praise the expressive features and characterization of puppeteered character Yoda. Mm. Everybody loved Yoda. Yoda. Popular I am. <laughs> he was so he's so much more animated than I remember. Like I such a Goonie bird at the beginning. Oh crazy. Crazy. Will you please stop that? Get out of there. Quit touching it. And it, it really shows how good John Favreau and Dave Filoni did with Grogu imitating that first scene that Yoda is in in Empire Strikes Back where he's just a curious little kid. Yeah. And he just wants to go snoop through stuff. Will you stop that? You're going to break it. (laughs) (laughs) And the fact that he he nibbles on his dinner and then Luke looks at it and just throws it away. Well, give it to him, you (laughs) jerk. Luke's a jerk. He's a jerk. Yeah, he... Well, he has some of his father in him. Well, his... (sighs) Yeah, he's got his father's super whiny impatience <laughs> that his father had, too. It really all fits. It really fits. I just want to be a giant nail. Take me to, take me to Yoda. I have to wait. Hey. I can't train him. He's annoying me. He's not ready because he's an annoying teenager. <laughs> Hate him, I do. I don't, I don't know how much time. It's supposed to be a couple of years between... New Hope and Empire? I don't, I don't, know. I don't know how old he's supposed to be at this point. Well, he's yeah. old enough. Old enough to not be a whiny baby. not be a whiny teenager. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the film was nominated for various awards and won two Academy Awards. It won for Best Sound and a Special Achievement Academy Award for Best Visual Effects. The film received a further two nominations, Best Art Direction losing to Tess and Best Original Score losing to Fame. Odd. Odd. Odd that Tess of the Durbervilles 
one over Star Wars. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a period piece. Period piece is probably why. Yeah. Yeah. And and then the fact that I mean, Fame is a great movie, but the score in Empire is incredible. Yes. Look, I get it. Fame was a musical. It was huge. It was also huge. But I mean, it was yeah. They're gonna live forever. Fame. (laughs) Yeah. Fame. Which is the movie I rewatch? Not Fame. Yeah. Yes, the Fame trilogy. Subsequent releases have raised the film's worldwide gross to 538 to about 549 million and adjusted for inflation. It is the 13th highest grossing film in the United States and Canada. Nice. Since its release, The Empire Strikes Back has been critically reassessed and is now often regarded as the best film in the Star Wars series and among the greatest films ever made. Okay. It has had a significant impact on filmmaking and popul- popular culture and is often considered an example of a sequel superior to its predecessor. Right. Because it's not a sequel. It's part of the a greater story. Yes. It's not, yeah. Uh, it's a saga, not a sequel. Right. Right. It's the Star Wars saga. It's, it's a chapter in a longer story. Yes. Yeah. The Skywalker saga, as yeah. they call it. The yes. nine film saga. Yes. The Skywalker saga. The climax, in which Vader reveals he is Luke's father, is often ranked as one of the greatest plot twists in cinema. The film spawned a variety of merchandise and adaptations, including video games and a radio play. The United States Library of Congress selected it for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2010. And uh, Return of the Jedi obviously followed Empire, concluding the original Star Wars trilogy, which we will discuss next week. Now, going to see this movie in the theater, and I saw all the Star Wars movies in the mm-hmm. cars. Except for the last one. I don't think I saw the last one in the theater. Episode 9? Yeah. Are you sure? I don't know. I didn't like them. I don't remember. I know I saw the first two in the theater, I okay. think. I don't remember if I saw the last one. But uh, but um, seeing Empire was such an incredible experience because, yeah, Star Wars was life-changing because yeah. it was unlike anything you had seen. But also, I had... There had never been an experience of having to wait three years right. to see something that you were so absolutely yeah. pumped to see. You know, it's just and I think that's why I read the comic book beforehand sure, or whatever, sure. because you're just so hungry for anything Star Wars. I had uh records telling the story of Star right, Wars. Right. I had all sorts of stuff. I read all the books, all of the ancillary books. I read all of the, you know, adaptation of the the movie adaptation books. Right. They came out. I could not get enough Star Wars. So going to that movie, it was insane. And and we were talking about this yesterday as it was coming to a close. And I'm like, well, okay, awesome. They're going to be going to Tatooine. And this movie's going to be really long. And and, <laughs> and we're going to get to to go get Han Solo. And, and then there's going to be this stuff. And it's been on for a long time. And <laughs> the music's kind of swelling. And... The fact that it was just the middle yeah, and that we knew we had to wait another three years. Right. And as a child, three years might as well be 300 years yeah, because time is very different back then. Well, when you're 10, it's 30% of your life. <laughs> That's exactly. I mean, you... So it was so hard yeah. in between Star Wars movies. I can't imagine that the ending of that movie and then having to wait knowing it was going to come but not knowing when the and we'll talk about this when we next week but i think the anticipation for jedi was the most for yeah, me yeah. of any movie i've ever seen because it was finishing 
the saga. Yeah, it was such a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that had been six years of my life, you know? Right. And between Empire and Jedi, it was when I like gave up my toys. So I have a few. It's funny we we pulled out a few of the Jedi figures to throw up on Gen X headquarters. Yeah. Um, I you know a couple of the bounty hunters. Bosch. Oh, you, the Empire figures. You mean? Yeah. What did I say? Jedi. Figures. Oh, I don't have any Jedi figures. Um, it's funny because I was at that age, and I think now you could probably play with figures a little more, maybe till you're twelve or thirteen. Yeah. You know, kids seem to be playing with stuff. Maybe not. I don't know, but. I started dating around that time. Yeah. You know, pff, dating. dating. Quote, unquote, yes, dating. Quoties. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the girl that was on my, my Saturday morning bowling team and I <laughs> decided to date. You know, we'd hold hands and stuff. And I remember going to, on a school trip to SeaWorld, and I was with my girlfriend and my best friend, and I was going to buy her something, you know, yeah. a ring or something. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that's what she did. And I pulled some, uh, like money out of my pocket, and a little Star Wars blaster fell out. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it was like drugs. I'm like, oh, I don't know where that came from. It's <laughs> not mine. I don't know. Uh, and uh, and then my friend, he, he like grabbed my hand very seriously, and he looked at her and he said, "That is his." <laughs> what do you think of that? Like, <laughs> what a dude! No, no, no. He was trying to like. You know, oh, to, like, to love him for who he oh, is, you know? Okay, okay, no, okay. no, no, you don't have to pretend right. that okay, you don't okay. love Star Wars. He had your back. Okay, okay, gotcha. He was trying to make me be, be, be honest you. about myself. Yes, yes. yes. And, uh, and she's like, I don't care. Just buy me a ring. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it was like that was kind of like the, the end of that relationship. When, yes. No. <laughs> no. It was the end of, my, of toys because yeah, you – yeah. It was really, I mean, it was girls and toys, and that's what really did it, was yeah. girls, you right, know, or boys, right. however it is sure, for sure, you, sure. but for me it was girls. And that was the hardest time, and I was so sad that I, I wasn't going to get any toys for the next, right, right. for the Jedi, because they had some great freaking toys, man. Yeah. I did. Most of my toys came from the Empire, from Empire. Oh, yeah. I, although I did, I do remember my, my Uncle Jeff giving me the Rancor monster oh, yeah. on, on Easter. No one else remembered my birthday that year. Yeah. We were there at my grandma's house and he gave me the Rancor monster. It was so awesome. And then every year after that, the Easter Rancor came. He did. And he, he and would destroy my grandma's house. He would chew up the <laughs> Easter bunny. Uh, he was great, though. I, and, and, and I think I had a Jabba, but I, but I, beyond that, like, I didn't get any of the other, like, because my mom, of course, was like, but you already have a Luke Skywalker. Why do you need another one? Because, you know? Mom, he has a different outfit on. He's in all black. It's amazing. Uh, there were yeah. some cool figs. But, yeah, but most of my stuff, because the bounty hunters was the big thing. That was the big thing for yeah. me, was the, the different bounty hunters, which were fascinating. Well, I played with Han Solo, the Millennium Falcon, and Chewbacca. I, like, yeah. wore out. Yeah. Chewbacca. And yeah, that you pulled out one of the uh, God it was it was the Chewbacca that you had was miscolored yeah. because you'd played with it so much. I also think I might have left him outside for a few <laughs> days. <laughs> he got sun bleached, but you know, and and the thing about the Han Solos, Han Solo, the figure that I have, it was like the first printing, and then they did this other printing with this total goober head that oh, I yeah. swear. Look like the Nutty Professor, like Jerry Lewis from the Nutty Professor oh, no. head. It was too big, and he, he oh, just no. – I hated it. 
and I would search like when I yeah ruin my hand you know and I play my hand solo to death I would have to search different toy stores to find the original one because right. there's no way I was going to have weirdo headed yeah. hand solo yeah, as my yeah. buddy so it's just <sighs> living through those movies it was insane it was just an, a, a complete cultural experience unlike anything yeah the marvel movies and all that stuff sure but this was the beginning of that yeah yeah you know yeah. you had jaws which was really big but it wasn't anything yeah but it wasn't it wasn't like jaws 2 was highly anticipated no. you know i mean it it wasn't it was yeah jaws 3 was <laughs> the 3d we all knew it was going to be a winner <clears throat> yeah but it's but this is but that's the thing is that it's it's this you they knew immediately that there was going to be a sequel like mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it was announced. I mean, the second that it was a greenlit, like it was announced, and, and it's like, well, now sit back and wait. The and... worst part, and we could talk about this more next week, but the worst part was knowing that this was four, five, and six, and then him being like, well, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing seven, eight, nine, and I'm not doing one, two, and three. Yeah. And he was yeah. like, f it, I'm done. And we were all like, well, you promised us. <laughs> you you know? said there was yes. nine chapters. And then, yeah, he's like, okay, four million years later. But uh, <laughs> but he well, was... Well, yeah, we'll talk about it more next week. Yeah, But Empire was just so... I, you know, they say it's dark and everything. It's really not. It's just... It's no. it's a continuation of the adventure. But it it did what a, a middle act needs to do, which is separate your heroes, and then yeah. you bring them back together for the last chapter, right, which right. is Jedi. And... They're pretty much together for the whole thing in Jedi. He, he yeah, you know, I mean, he, he takes a quick detour to Dagobah to, to say goodbye to, to his to master. talk poor Yoda to death. Mm, exhausting you are. <laughs> I must die. Time for me to join the force. Mm, I'm tired of answering your questions. <laughs> I'm going to die. But yeah, I mean, it, it it essentially is them getting the gang back together immediately. Right. And the reason why it got. Not probably not the greatest reviews is because anything that is that anticipated or anything that is just an event, it's never going to live up to the hype. But it truly did. Yeah, yeah. In retrospect, if you look at it, it for me, it's like a lot of like the Coen Brothers movies. Yeah. I absolutely adore them. But the first time I see their movies, like the first time I saw Big Lebowski, I didn't love it. Yeah. Because yeah. I expected so much from it. And it wasn't the movie that I thought it was going to be. Right, right. And it was so much better than that movie. And then subsequently, it's like, oh, this is genius. Yeah. But at first, you just, there's so much hype, you don't know how to process something because your anticipation and and, and your expectations are such that anything is just, it's it's going to be different than what you think it is. And regardless of, you know, how good it is, it's still going to be like, well, I don't know. I, I am that way with Tarantino movies, mm. uh, except the only one that I wasn't was Reservoir Dogs, and that was because the first one of right. I saw. Yeah. But everything after that, I was always kind of like, ah. But then I'd rewatch it and be like, oh, okay. Right. Now I understand. Yeah. You know, I'm not with some music, too. Like, I, I really like Tool, the band Tool, but every time they release an album, I'm just like, eh. But then I listen to it more, listen to it more, and sure. it's like, okay, I, you know, it's layered. And, and, right. And and this is this is very similar. Yeah. Because the stuff that you love the most, you expect the most. Right. That choice of knowing that the right thing to do is let his friends die. Right, right. And that Yoda and Obi-Wan are like, you need to let your friends yeah. die. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't really understand. I guess because 
it was a trap, you know. They they, they didn't think he was strong enough they, to, right. to, withstand, to withstand Vader's. He, he they were afraid he was going to turn the dark side. Sure, yeah. because he could have. I mean, he he still was whiny and had those emotions, and and he was still driven by fear. And but when he finally faces Vader, you see that he is calmer and more yeah capable. But he ain't ready. No, no, he's no. not, and he's no match for Vader. And <laughs> the one thing that just I would like to see the sh- the scene the shot of when uh Luke pushes Vader, you know, off of the stairs he's like Rrr! Yeah, yeah. And then he scurries away to another room. I want to see him like running through a tunnel like, <laughs> "Oh, I got to get over here. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> it's way too steamy in here for me." <laughs> I need a little fresh air. Yeah, fog up his his mask. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, but it's such a good fight. Yeah. Luke falling into the carbonite freezing pit and then jumping out so quick. Oh, my God. It was just like, zoop. Yeah. And <laughs> that's totally like the forgot. Jedi moves, yeah. you yeah. know? Like, that is showing just how far he's come. And it makes sense with the prequels when you see the the Jedi's like, zoop, zoop, jumping yeah. and flipping yeah. and duping around because it kind of, you know, lends itself to that. And, uh, and just the fact that Luke is basically like, well... I'd rather die than talk to you anymore. It's my absolute favorite moment <laughs> is that he's like, come with me. Come with me and we'll rule together. We'll and rule the galaxy. You know what? I'm going to kill myself instead. Bye. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I'm going to r- risk <laughs> falling down this giant hole. And although he, I'm sure he used the force to get into that little trap, the little True. air duct thing, he which then unfortunately doing. opened up underneath him. And yeah, he's just hanging off a... a some TV antenna, <laughs> yeah. you know, screwing up somebody's uh, trying UHF viewing. Yes. <laughs> oh, man, I want to see Lando and they're going. What? I'm trying to watch The Price Is Right. What's yeah. going on? I'm not wrestling. And then, uh, but yeah, it's also funny because they're sure taking their time getting the hell away from the Cloud City. Yeah, you know, because it's like they're not too far away. When he's like, Leia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. It was like they were really. What were they doing? <laughs> Maybe gassing up. I don't know. Well, they they couldn't get the uh, oh the hyperdrive hyperdrive to work working. Yeah, yeah. I it's really interesting talking about the. I don't know if any any time I've seen a movie where it had a cliffhanger ending like that, uh, except for maybe um, Pirates of the Caribbean when mm. they did the sequel to Pirates of the Caribbean, the second movie. Right. I didn't know that the second and third movie was essentially one big movie. They cut into two, and when I got to the end of it, and the credits rolled. I was so mad because I was like, I just watched half a movie. Why did I pay full price for this? Yeah. And I was so mad. But I also, it was also was because I didn't know there was going to be a, you know, I knew there was going to be another movie, but I didn't know it was a continuation right. of the story. But, but at least with this, you knew there was going to be another one. Sure. I mean. You did. And look, it was satisfying. You, you got your beats. You know, you had your battle with Vader. Yeah. You had your. Han sacrificing himself. Well, there's had... there's an actual like act three act structure sure. to the story, which is in the sequel to Pirates of the Caribbean. It did not. It right. had one and a half acts, which is what drove me insane. Right. As a moviegoer and filmmaker, I was like, the pacing seems really weird in this movie. Yeah, but... well that's that's them realizing they have too much movie and had to yeah. cut it in two yeah. rather than having an actual plan. plan. Yeah. You know, which you know, honestly, 
we don't know that Lucas had a complete plan for the trilogy, no. but I think as he got to two, he probably was thinking of three. Yeah, I mean, he knew, I think he knew enough. Like, he, he may not have sat down and talked to them about it, but, like, he at least had an idea that right. he knew that it was going to be more. And he never negated the stuff from the earlier films like they did with right. the most recent trilogy, which not knowing where your story's going and yeah. just giving guys free reign just doesn't work. No. You know, and and then... Realizing, well, we don't like the stuff that was in the middle film, so we got to retcon everything, and it's 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 just a mess. Yeah, a mess. You 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 have to have someone at the top that, as Lucas said, ha- makes the final decisions. I mean, it's the reason that first ten years of the MCU, the Marvel universe, worked so well. Yeah, because they had one guy at the top going, "All right, this is the plan," you know, and. And and maybe he's maybe that's part of the reason why they're not doing as well now. But I I don't know. Um, but yeah, the the new movies, episode seven, eight, nine, did not have that at all. No, no, and that's that's a shame. Yeah, and I guess it, it really is too bad because there was some fun stuff in those. But yeah, it's it's it also shows that you need Lucas. Yeah, regardless yeah. of what you think of the prequels, they are a fleshed out trilogy. Where or, yeah. Where the story works throughout the entire. Right, it wasn't right. just like, oh, I made this movie, then I made this movie, then I made this right, movie, right. and let's hope it all fills together. Love it or hate it, there is a definite three-act arc to that trilogy. Yeah, yeah. Just like the first one. And it, it is Star Wars. And unfortunately, you know, it's like making a Lord of the Rings without J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, you know, yeah it's, without it, having the source material. You can do it, you know. You need... You need somebody who loves Star Wars to make Star Wars. Well, that's that's just it. Is that I don't know if it necessarily was needed Lucas for these seven, eight, nine, but somebody like John Favreau or Dave Filoni yeah. that was like, I see a bigger picture, right? You know, the, I mean, that's yeah. all they needed and because they they want to expand. The universe is sacred to them, right? It is a right. place of they are like me, yeah. Where it changed their life, but they got instead of just being an employee of Lucas, they got to. <laughs> To run be, the whole shaboob creators, yeah, but and rightly so because they they know what works and what doesn't work, yeah, yeah, and they know how to tell good stories within the Star Wars universe, right? But within the Star Wars universe right. and what makes that universe tick, yeah, and and it's not just aliens and blasters and Jedi, right? You need right. to have an intricate story. These factions need to work together or work against each other. Some people like each other. Some people don't, you know, some planets are hostile, some are not. And there's just so at this point now, (laughs) you know, where we're at, this universe is so big. Yeah. Yeah. With so many different uh, races and planets and, Vehicles and droids and blasters and weapons and just this huge fleshed out books and volumes and encyclopedias of just – it's insane how big this has become. It is almost real in the fact that it is so fleshed out and there's so much to it. It's it's just crazy to me that something, you know, as great as it is – has just become such a juggernaut to yep. the point where it's it's a religion. Jedi yeah. is a yeah. is a recognized yeah. religion. Yeah, yeah. I I I was I was very sad when they when they when Lucas sold ILM and the rights to Disney. <laughs> Me both, baby. Lost but my job. I know. I I know. I know. <laughs> 
but because a lot of it is that I did, I loved the books. Like I loved the expanded universe. Yeah. Like I loved the stuff. I mean that that's what filled in for me when he was like, I'm not going to make any more movies. Sure. It was like. All right. Well, I got the books at least. And he got the right people to do it. People that love yes. Star Wars. Yes. And some of the expanded universe stuff is some of the best stuff. The Thrawn oh. trilogy yeah. should have been the yeah. 6, 7, 8. Which, or 7, 8, 9. 7, 8, 9. Which they are – Filoni and, and Favreau are, are bringing back. Like they're making it canon again. I mean not necessarily that story. They're changing it a little bit. But. Yeah. Well, I mean because I mean, that story had Luke and yeah. Han and you know, it was His a whole – twin kids and everything. Yeah. It was really like, cool. Was, yeah. It was a lot more interesting than what came about. And that's what's great is it's not like these books are gone. No, no, no. You Definitely, they're still around. You can find them. And F Disney, you know, it's up to you what's in that universe. It's up yeah. to you what you pick and choose. And it was a huge mistake of them to make – get decanonize yeah. all of this yeah. stuff that – so many fans absolutely adore. Yeah. And 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 then now they're retconning it and bringing a lot of the stuff back <laughs> that was yeah. so good because they know that they've made a mistake. It's the problem of a business taking over this franchise because this well, isn't – Making it business first. Yeah, yeah. Because this isn't – I'm sorry. It's not Marvel. It's not like no, any other franchise. No, no. It's It's – more special than any other film franchise. It's more precious to people than anything else. Yeah. Myself included, man. I mean, I was so ju- – I had a uh, toothache when I saw the, the episode seven, which didn't help any. But I was just like – It's so funny because this is exactly the same – not a toothache, but I, had, I was in a very bad place when I saw episode one, and it made me hate the movie. Sure. I get it. And, and Hate the movie. But for me, I was so excited to sure. see a new Star Wars. Yeah, same. And I was so excited to see not only a new Star Wars, but one that had Han and Chewie and yeah. Luke and yeah. Leia. And it just, as it progressed, I was just more and more disappointed. And by the yeah. time it was over, I'm like, when they killed... I already, I already saw this movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I saw this movie in episode four. And like, when they killed, once they killed Han, Han... It, that was it for me. Yeah. And not just because he's my favorite character. It, it, it just seemed unnecessary. Exactly. I didn't. It didn't pay off no, the way it should have. not at all. The way they thought it was going no, to. No. It was just bogus baloney. But this is part of the reason that I think that episode eight was the best of those, because I liked how they had Luke go out. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, it paid off well, and it made sense, and it and it worked in the story and in the context of him. Sure. Uh, which is why I liked it. It was a good conclusion to his story yeah and it made snoke a lot more interesting and it made yeah. you know but then it was just like well and it was like wah, wah. snoke's whatever he's just some half, half-ass clone he or doesn't something. matter and guess what somehow palpatine came back somehow palpatine came back they fly now they fly now <laughs> Ugh. it's just you know <laughs> i'm sorry it's just somebody somebody out there that movie is their favorite movie of all time. I get it. And sure. I sure. Yeah. And it's and and more power to you, but I whew. The thing that people forget, because it's there's there is no more toxic fandom than Star Wars fandom, unfortunately. Yeah. And yeah. I think what the the thing that people forget and what people definitely forgot with the prequels is that George Lucas made these movies for kids. Yeah. And he made the prequels for his kids. Yeah. And 
you know, that's why Anakin Skywalker was a little kid and all this stuff is because it was for kids, man. Well, that's what, but and that's part of the thing that I love about Empire Strikes Back is that Star Wars was for like kids that were like 10, 11, mm-hmm. you know, but then three years later, they're 14 and they're starting to have these like feelings of like love and stuff. And so this is in Empire, you know, this sure. love triangle, this yeah. stuff. It's like these are the feelings that you're having. I like that it matured along with its audience. Yeah. You know, and then Revenge of the, Revenge of the Jedi, Return of the Jedi is is j- just that next level of like, oh man, you got to make some really hard decisions. Yeah, and and I- I'm psyched to see it. I know a lot of people have problems with this movie, but I really? love it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right, I mean, well, a lot I, of people I, don't like Ewoks and whatever, but really? I love all that stuff. I thought I mean, that was great. That was great. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I think I'm most excited about Jedi. Because it's probably the one I've seen the least. Oh, really? Two. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it. But, you know, Star Wars is number one for me. Just yeah. because it's it, – seeing it in the theater was like nothing else I've right. ever right. experienced in terms of movies or TV or whatever. And it's a perfect film. It's yes. just a perfect yes. adventure. And uh, Empire expands upon that. And it's the perfect middle act to the story. Yeah. And it yeah. hits all the right beats, and it takes away our favorite hero, and we've got to save him. And it was just so smart, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it could have been, you know, you can't, you can't have Leia taken again, right? Right? Because you know right. that was the first movie. Well, and it, and it, 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 yeah, it makes sense because the whole Greedo thing. They're, you know, he's as they got that death mark on your head. Yeah, you know, time for you off. to go. Yeah. yeah, like it, it, it totally makes sense. It works. It expands. I love the fact that. The tough guy from the first movie is like, I can't leave my friend behind. Like, <laughs> yeah. I gotta go get him. Yeah, like it's it's like it's just such good character development. Exactly, it shows who these people are. And also, one of the things I absolutely love about Empire is the running gag of the disposable Empire uh, uh, generals. Oh, whereas yeah. like yeah. Yeah. anytime yeah. anybody screws up, it's like, <clears throat> well. I'm uh, going to go tell uh, Lord Vader, and I'm, I'm sure he'll understand. Uh, with my apology, I, I like it. Got to the point where the last one, they didn't even show him kill him. He's just no. they open the door, and he's just dead on the yes. ground. It's like, no, okay. It's like oh. you've you've uh, you you've yeah. disappointed me for the last time. <laughs> you, yeah, it's like, well, yeah, it's just so silly. But yeah, but that's but that's the Empire. I mean, that's the beauty of it. And man, it's it, the fact that he could murder you over video over Zoom. I That's know. pretty crazy. I know. You're having your Zoom call with Vader in his little uh, incubation chamber, and uh, you think you're all safe because he's not in the room with you, and then all of a sudden, Choke City. <laughs> S- someone told me they couldn't do the force through the glass. I don't know what's going on. They choke now. They choke now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll be back next week. Return of the Jedi. I'm super excited about it. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time. I'm super excited about it. Going to be a fun time. Um. Ah, oh, just the perfect way to spend your May is with your Star Wars, and uh, and and there's just so much to watch now. Not just the yeah the the these movies and the prequels and the sequels, but get yourself into some of the TV shows and get yourself yeah. into some of the cartoons. Yeah, I saw a great someone put up posted a great timeline of watching like the Leia saga, which Ooh. was. Episode three, and then the Obi-Wan show, and then the original trilogy, and then the sequel trilogy. Well, that's what's so great, is now you can curate yeah. different 
sections of story for yeah. you. If you just yeah. want to learn about Mandalorians, you can have yeah. a whole Mandalorian history lesson with the cartoons up to the Mandalorian. And if you want to live the Andor life, you watch Andor up until uh, the, the, the Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. You know, yeah. You, you can watch it any way you want at this point. Yeah, and it's great. It's, There's so much to watch, and it's so good. Just enjoy it. Don't yes. bitch about it. You know, nothing's perfect. Try some of the Star Wars. If you don't like it, there's plenty more to try. If of. you're our age, this is your dream as a kid. Was Star Wars everywhere, you know? If you haven't seen any Star Wars, now's the time. Give it a shot. If you haven't seen any Star Wars, then who the hell are you? There are people that have not seen it. Yeah, the people that have been in a coma. There are people that have not seen it. <laughs> Test. One, three. Testing one, three. <laughs> you were so 14. Jesus 14. H. It's more like 11. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Benson, already in progress. <laughs>